When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Monday. It really depends on who you are, whether your Monday is going well. If you're a TCU or Georgia fan, a lot of anticipation about your Monday. If you're an NFL fan, it depends on who your team is and how they finish the season. And if you are a coach in the NFL, it just depends on if Black Monday lands right on top of you or just near you or stays away from you. We'll get to all that today. A lot to juggle uh, on today's show. It's Chad and Zay on a Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Yeah, Chad, not too many times I come in here and you and I both are in a little bit of anger due to the Cowboys' loss, but for different reasons. <laughs> a little bit di- a yeah. Di- a whole different discussion. A whole different discussion, but I'm doing Woo! good. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. That was a wild football game yesterday. I'm not going to tell you I had my expectations at a super high level, but I did assume that these Dallas Cowboys could beat these Washington Commanders, and that did not happen. Uh, so we'll definitely get to that game. Texas basketball got a hard-fought win in Stillwater. Man, a rock fight broke out, but the Longhorns figured it out, and they have now swept, as Craig called it, swept the state of Oklahoma uh, to start their early conference uh, campaign. Two wins in Oklahoma, and unfortunately the one loss at home, but that was to uh, what has now proven to be a really good team. We'll get to all of that. We got NFL playoffs set, Texas football with some news and updates, And uh, I guess we'll start, since one of the Texas teams is involved, let's start real quick with your Black Monday update. So the first victim of Black Monday didn't take but an hour, hour and a half, apparently, after the game was over. Lovey Smith has been fired as the coach of the Houston Texans. That's not a massive shock, I don't think. Uh, So Cold-blooded. It was uh, it was definitely a quick move though, Zay. One year though. Apparently, he gives this he gives the the presser after the game. About an hour later, he's gone. And you're right, it's one year in. They've been juggling and messing with things, and it was you know Cully and and you know coming off of the the all the other st- stuff before that. And he basically yeah he makes it a year. They've decided. <laughs> Somebody else is going to lead them into whatever mess 2023 is going to be. Yo, Lovey, look, man, the season wasn't good, but you might be one of the pettiest coaches for all time for going for two, knowing that if you won that game against the Indianapolis Colts with the Houston Texans, they would not get the number one pick in the 2023 draft. So on your way out, I don't know if this had anything to do with it, Uh, They talked about Lovey having a big conversation with the higher-ups in the front office this past week, and you think that a lot of it would be, okay, this is how we should go about the game. Maybe, you know, guys are going to play to win on their own because these guys are playing for their NFL careers. I hate when people say, you know, guys might tank it in or something in week 18. No, you can't afford to tank it in. They call it not for long NFL for a reason. So every single snap is tape on you, which means you're auditioning for your next contract, your next team, your next opportunity. So nobody takes plays off in week 18 we saw that yesterday there were a few upsets of things that went on and teams that didn't even have any playoff implications Mm -hmm. so lovey smith the fact that they went into that game knowing if they lost they get the number one pick they end up winning the game the texans look good down the stretch december and uh january pretty good for the texans they got their wins in december they got you know pretty close to beating the cowboys and being a couple other teams so yeah i know texans fans are a little salty right now even though the chicago bears don't necessarily need a quarterback you would think they're going to 
move some things around and trade for something more valuable to them. And yeah, I'll, I mean, the Texans are good with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud anyway, so I wouldn't be bitching too much. But yeah, you don't control your own destiny, as you would say. That was a wild end to their season yesterday. We'll get to more of that in the crap bag because I feel like it belongs there, along with a couple <laughs> other stories in the NFL. So Lovey Smith is done in Houston. Texans moving on from him. And then it became official this morning that Arizona is moving on from Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think this is a story that shocks a lot of people four seasons in. Now, there was the extension that he signed that will get him through, supposedly, was going to get him through 2027. The Cardinals will owe him a lot of money, especially if he decides to sit out and not coach for a while. So, officially, Kingsbury is done, and the GM for Arizona has now officially stepped away. Not that he hadn't already done that. Steve Kime had already stepped away in December, kind of a, you know, interim period I guess or a temporary leave of absence now he is officially stepping aside and he's dealing with some health stuff uh, in his world so the Cardinals are in real disarray right now Zay and then you throw in Kyler Murray whose injury is going to push him all the way into the 2023 season he may not be ready to play until I don't know midway through 23? Uh, Something like that? Yeah, yeah, it depends. I mean, we saw, who did we see this year? Uh, Jamerson Williams, Alabama wide receiver, tore his ACL National Championship game yep. last year, and he ended up coming uh, coming for the Detroit Lions, coming around week 13, week 12. So, yeah, I would say it, it should be around there for Kyler Murray, but for a quarterback and a wide receiver, that's a little different. So, yeah, tough break for Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the New Braunfels native, we knew with him going to Arizona, he said, I need Kyler Murray. If I had Kyler Murray in my offense, then we would thrive. And it's hard to do that when Kyler Murray's been in and out the lineup because he's been hurt throughout the whole whole time Cliff Kingsbury's been there just random nicks and bruises and then just all of the random you know uh, um, just just things that don't count for anything when it comes to your quarterback on the field too much off the field ruckus too much baggage from his Mm -hmm. contract and stuff like that for Kyler Murray so you know plus the DeAndre Hopkins man was juiced up he missed seven games this year so did Kiff Kingsbury did it give a fair go I don't think so but this had to do with his whole time being at Arizona which is definitely underachieving and yeah I don't know where Cliff's gonna go I I could definitely see him going back to the college game though yeah, I'm going to be fascinated to see, does Cliff Kingsbury take a Matt Rule type of path? Now, Rule wasn't in the league as long, but obviously has gone back to college. Would Kingsbury consider a head coach in college position? Would he consider if somebody needs an OC in college to give himself a little bit of, you know, headed back toward, you know, does he ultimately see himself as a you know, head coach in whatever situation, or does he think he is a pro head coach and he's going to wait yeah. it out and see if he gets another opportunity? But you got to check that pride when you get the can. You got to check that pride. And yeah. how bad do you want it? How bad are you willing to go back to the bottom to get back to the top where you think you should be? And I think Cliff Kingsbury, he's going to go back. I think he's going to have to go back to maybe his college roots. If not, then have to be a coordinator somewhere in the league. Yeah, it is one of those. We've talked about this many, many times uh, about Cliff Kingsbury, but his teams, when he's a head coach, both at Tech and Arizona, his teams have been known to stumble down the finish. And this year, they finished losing seven in a row. Seven in a row and, let me make sure I get this right, seven in a row and nine out of ten. Yeah. I mean, I love Colt McCoy, but Colt's getting ready to retire soon. So even Colt, you know, being the good backup quarterback he is – Colt got banged around this year and got lit up a few times where he couldn't even finish out the regular season. So I know he's mm-hmm. looking at, you know, with the end of the season, he's probably thinking we might not see Colt McCoy next year, along with J.J. Watt. How long was J.J. Watt checked out? You know he's going to give you his all and stuff, but the fact that J.J. Watt came out and said, in what, week 15, week 16, I'm done? That's interesting. And then, yeah, the DeAndre Hopkins thing doesn't help. Kyler Murray getting hurt all the time. That doesn't help. So, yeah, it's uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he's had a rough go in Arizona. 
He has. We'll see where he ends up next. So, uh, Lovey Smith and Cliff Kingsbury, the first two victims of Black Monday. Yo, Technically, with Lovey, it was on Sunday. Lovey, but, we need you know. an offensive uh, wide receiver coach. We need one. That job is open. Talk about uh, shutting your pride down. Come on in. You look good in Texas gear. We've seen it. Uh-huh. I posted pictures on it on my Twitter. Ain't that on the score say? Check it out. Lovey Smith has been on the sideline with Steve Sarkeesian and them in multiple games this year. I want to say he was at the Alamo Bowl. So, in a way, he knew this was coming. So maybe Lovey could come down here. I don't know if we'll have a Gary Patterson role, but I'll take it. The mm-hmm. man took his team to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. That is true. Uh, so, so I think he could coach a little bit. He can coach a, a little bit. A little bit. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you take a quarter, Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl, you could coach a little bit. I don't care what nobody says. You you could do a little bit of something. Now, the one thing I'll say, he's been coaching at the head coaching position so long. I don't know. What is his specialty? I don't know either. I'd have to look up his he history. He might be a defensive coach. I don't even. Well, I think I think Lovey's a defensive yeah. guy, but I mean, I'd have to double check on s- what the specialty is. We see what's is going on in New England. It don't matter. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. It don't matter. That is fair. Uh, and what Zay is referencing is the uh, one of the big Longhorn stories we've got to get out there today. There's good news on the recruiting side if you watch the All American game, but uh, on the coaching side of things, the coaching carousel and coaching dominoes ended up affecting the Longhorn horns over the weekend because you remember we told you last week that Jimbo Fisher had decided on Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator well the domino there was Bobby had already agreed to be the OC at UNLV earlier in December so now once he decides to move and that's Barry Odom by the way that's at UNLV remember Barry Odom that was at uh, Missouri previously he's the head coach at UNLV now so Bobby ends up going to A&M. That means UNLV needs an OC, and they reached out to Brennan Marion, and the reports are that Marion is going to take that job, so Texas needs a wide receivers coach. All that happens over the weekend. Zay is a Longhorn fan. Obviously, it's a position that's really important to this team. The development of it with Arch Manning coming in, the, just everything that, that surrounds it. Big-time recruits we've talked about at the receiver position. Where are you on this whole story today? I mean, he really wasn't here long enough to base anything on him. You know, I, I guess people blame him for the Xavier Wordy drops, but that's on Xavier Wordy. Like, this is Power 5, big-time University of Texas, D1 football. Like, you got to catch all those passes. The Casey Kane drop comes to mind. Just everybody had different drops. J.T. Sanders, I did dr- his drops. J- Jordan Winnington did. So, everybody, you can't just knock Xavier Wordy. His was just so recent and so major. That's what stick it, sticks in Longhorn fans' minds. But, yeah, Brendan Marion, you know, just him being here one year, I can't really grade him. He did a solid job recruiting and all, helping guys like Jonte Cook and whatnot come in. But, you know, I mean, we knew he wanted to be an offensive coordinator. That wasn't going to happen with Steve Sarkeesian, even though it maybe should have. And he wasn't going to raid around for that. He wants to be a head coach sooner than later. And this is going to give him another stepping stone so he could be that later on, him becoming the offensive coordinator down there in Vegas. So, We'll see what the horns, you know, bring in. Now people are talking about with Cliff Kingsbury losing his job. Hey, Cliff, come on down to the nah. 40 acres and see what you can do as the wide receivers coach. Maybe offensive coordinator and give Steve Sarkeesian some tips. But I'd, I'd be down for that for sure. I don't know if the Red Raider would. But I that that sounds good to me. But yeah, we'll talk to uh, Joe Cook later on at two and see what he says with what Steve Sarkeesian and this coaching staff will do on firing the wide receiver coach. But I'm not surprised one bit. Just one year, it's just hard to really judge somebody on one year. It's, you know. It's not being here long at all. Yeah, and for him, maybe, uh, like you said, just hard to, to pass up the opportunity. Uh, and as Zay mentioned, we do have uh, an interview coming up. Normally we talk to Joe Cook of Inside Texas at 1. He's got to move it to 2 o'clock today, so we'll do that a little later in the show. Talk recruiting with him, talk Longhorns with him, and what happens now that Brennan Marion looks to be moving on. That good recruiting news, by the way, is Jelani McDonald, one of the last guys they had on TV announcing where he's going uh, on the All-American game. Uh, big time uh, four star athlete out of Waco 62190 is how I see him listed here and he picked Texas each and every one of those guys they has the same wording when they get ready it was thank God thank the family and then they would always end with with that being said I'm going to spend the next three to four years 
They always say at three. this school three yeah. to four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they'll promise that folks because you can light it up in three years and. Yeah, first through third round could be calling and see uh-huh. you later. I get it. I, I thought that was really interesting that that, that wording has become regular. Uh, so congrats to Jelani McDonald and all the guys that announced their commitments at the All-American game. We'll go over some of that in the flex segment a little later on. There's also Cowboys to get into. Cowboys fans, if you can help me and other Cowboys fans process 26-6 to at the hands of the Washington Commanders, please help me. 2.4 yards a carry. Zay, I told myself I wasn't going to watch the whole thing, and then I sat and watched the whole thing. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, one, I'm mad at Cowboys fans right now. I'm mad, not Cowboys fans, but the Cowboys the organization, because now Ron Rivera still has a job. Now people in Washington think that, oh, we still got hope because we just blew out the Cowboys or the fifth seed in the playoffs. Are they really going to keep him just because of that? Probably! This, You're probably on the hot seat now. Look what happened. Now people are thinking, man. That's enough. Let's see what he could do with Hal. He should have had Hal in the whole year. Please tell me I missed when they played Taylor Heineke for three straight series. Please tell me I missed when Carson Wentz ran into the locker room, put on a uniform, and he conducted a couple touchdown drives. I did not watch Sam Howell play that whole game, did I? Yeah, yeah. And Sam oh. Howell's first game ever got the win. And if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not feeling too good going in Monday night when you got to go to Tampa Bay and face the GOAT. I mean, even though the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having the season that they're having, Tom Brady under this magnitude, prime time playoffs with the way Dak Prescott's playing, I'll take Tom any day of the week. Now, the rest of the team, probably not. But Tom Brady, if we're just talking quarterback, which playoffs, that's what really it comes down to. Tom Brady versus NFL leading interception Man, Dak Prescott with David Mills, and he only, and he missed five games. Led the league in picks, and he missed five games. Mm-hmm. Did and you threw another pick six did to, you, with yeah. the cherry on top? Did you mention the part where the Cowboys have never beaten Tom Brady ever? 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 I mean, I know they don't play him much because them New England days, AFC, NFC, but it's like over. Damn. It's like zero and seven or zero and eight. I can't remember which one. Mm. It is. Yeah, so we got that one to get to. That's a whole week now to prepare for that one. Cowboys and Bucks on a Monday night as all the playoffs have been set. Tonight's the national championship game coming up. We're going to check in in LA with one of our guys. If you listen to the Saturday shows, one of the guys on Big Ugly Tailgate is Johnny Rogers. Johnny Rogers is a Westlake alum. But he's also a TCU guy. That's right. He's a horn frog. He's uh, headed to, in fact, he's headed to a pregame party right now. And we're going to check in with him here at 1230. This has got to be just so surreal for a TCU football fan to realize this is not just any bowl game. They are playing for the national championship tonight. Um, if you know your football, you know late 30s is the last time they won one. Uh, 38, I guess it is, is the last one. Davey O'Brien and, and all that. And now they're trying to get another one with Sonny Dyke. So we'll check in with Johnny coming up here as TCU is getting ready to take on Georgia also, Zay, real quick, let's get a little from you on this Texas basketball game. It was uh, it was a slog, uh, but they did what they certainly didn't do against Kansas State. They brought the defense to Stillwater and really shut the Cowboys down for key sections of that game, and they got a 10-point win in the end. Yeah, I mentioned after that Kansas State game, all drills that you're doing the next day, defensive drills, old school stuff, zigzag, closeout drills, four-on-four shell, two-on-two shell, and then listening to Brock Cunningham with Craig Way after that game in Stillwater, and that's what he said. He said he didn't know when they touched the ball uh, coming into the next day, and that's how it has to be. I mean, you might not be that good offensively when you have defensive games like this, but that's the Big 12. It's going to be an absolute battle, and the Horns, they definitely brought it up. Uh, uh, on Saturday, you know, Dylan Mitchell, he was the player of the game for me. I mean, his stats don't stick out only four points, but he had three steals, and I challenged him after that Kansas State team because he has to just be a better defender. If the Horns want to get to where they want to go and that's make a deep run in March and win the Big 12, then he's going to have to be locked in defensively. He's too athletic. Yeah, you know, just too long, 6'8", just jump out the gym, and you need to apply that with defense. Defense is just effort. 
Like defense, a, a lot of defense is just effort, and him being everywhere from locking up closeouts. Bryce Thompson to start the game had a one-on-one with Dylan Mitchell at ISO, and he thought he could probably just take Dylan Mitchell from watching the film on Kansas State. Dylan Mitchell, not stood his ground, great contest, and that set the tone for the rest of the game. He was having great help defense, and the Horns. Shout out to Coach Terry because they did a lot better job of just keeping guys in front of them and helping the helper. That's what I said. You have to do. They're not the most athletic overall they're not the longest they're not the tallest so you just got to be defensively sound and that's what they did on Saturday and that's why they held Oklahoma State to 46 points on 28 percent shooting from three and 30 percent shooting from the field so you're going to win a lot of games like that and they made their free throw shooting 81 percent Texas did so yeah they just got to keep that momentum and again Kansas State's good People were talking about, oh, Kansas State, that was a fluke, them hitting 116. Yeah, did you see what they did to Baylor? Uh, Marquise Noel, if he's not player of the week, then I might have to call the commissioner myself and say, yo, something's wrong, because homeboy had 34-14 and against Baylor. Kansas State is for real. So Texas losing to them at home, even though they gave up that 116, it's not as bad as it looks. Kansas State is a really good team with Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. Them going down to Baylor showcase that, you know, beating both teams in the state of Texas. So, yeah, just getting wins where you can in the Big 12 is needed, and they got another tough one against Mike Miles and that Horn Frog group in a couple of days. How good is Kansas State? They've gone from unranked to 11th in the country. Mm. The new AP poll comes out today they are at 11 texas is at 10 if you're interested and houston back up to number one with 34 first place votes Yo, houston kansas purdue with bama your top four marquise shot a shot in waco and it looked like he was still here in the atx that's how deep it was <laughs> like it, it was where it was where the b was in baylor like on the top of the key right that's such a deep shot and Jerome Tank, he's given that group so much confidence. Remember, he's coming from Baylor, coming from Scott Drew and those guys. He knows offense. He really understands how, you know, like Scott Drew did, especially with that team that won it with Davion Mitchell and those guys. You could really let your guards work. And if you have good enough guards to just orchestrate your offense and take guys off the dribble, play a more NBA style, then, hey, these guys are getting better and better every day. Go do that. And he's done a good job recruiting guys, and that's why Kansas State is sitting at 11 right now. Texas 2-1, of course, now in conference play. Their next game is against TCU, and if you heard the promo earlier that said 7, that's on me, actually, making an incorrect promo. That is an 8 o'clock tip. We're getting that promo redone for you. 8 o'clock tip on Wednesday night, so uh, get your schedule together there. 7.30 pregame for you. Texas hosting TCU at the Moody Center on Wednesday. Up next, we will talk some more TCU with Johnny Rogers. He's live in L.A. getting ready to see if his Horn Frogs can win it all. We'll get his thoughts on that next. We got Joe Cook coming up later on in the show and a lot to get to. Cowboys fans trying to process what happened. NFL playoffs are set. All the different things going on. And we've already had two NFL coaches fired. Lovey Smith in Houston, Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. And we'll keep our eyes peeled for anything else. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Oh, man. This is one I feel like I should know. Not necessarily my thing from the 70s, but I feel like I should know it. It's yeah, like a, It was on my 80s playlist, so I don't know. It was in 80s? Okay, it's all in right, 80s. okay. Um, oh, my God. The only thing in my head is Christopher Cross, but it's That's probably... That's it! Is that him? Oh, hey, man! There we go. All right. That's the only thing I could come up with. Christopher Cross. How about that? Chad with the Steph Curry range. Mr. Sailing himself. All right. What's this one called? All right. All right by Christopher Cross. All right. I can guarantee you they won't be playing that to pump up the TCU or Georgia football teams. Actually, you'll hope 
if you're our next guest, you hope they play it for Georgia and vice versa. All right, uh, we're getting ready for TCU Georgia tonight. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We're checking in live in L.A. with one of our guys from the weekend shows. If you if you listen to the Big Ugly Tailgate, you know the name Johnny Rogers. You hear him talk about his days at Westlake, but he also is a TCU Horn Frog. Johnny, good morning. How are you? Morning, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Man, we're good, Johnny. We're doing good, but we're not doing as well as you are because your team is going to play for a national championship. It is uh, hours yeah, away I, now. Have you have you been able to properly process that this is actually happening? Uh, you know, I, I actually came straight from the Fiesta Bowl straight to L.A. And so I've had a full week to, to let this digest and, and, and really take it in. Uh, not my wildest dreams that I ever really think that TCU would be sitting here about to play for the national championship. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, Johnny. I mean, when you're coming in, Big 12 picked seventh in the preseason polls. Sonny Mm -hmm. Dykes taking over for Gary Patterson. Like you said, you just, in your wildest dreams, you couldn't imagine them playing for a national championship. What's it been like going through with this team, you know, just having so many stress weeks, coming back from double digits, the Baylor game, et cetera. What's it been like throughout the whole season just being a TCU alum slash fan? Well, it, it sure has been boring. Uh, <laughs> this, this team is really, you know, it's been up and down, and, and, and there's something really special about this team that when, when the chips are down, that's when these guys play their best. Uh, you look at somebody like Max Duggan, who, you know, he was a four-star quarterback uh, coming out of uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, really had a national search to see where he was going to go to school. He said the right fit, the right school for him was TCU. Um, beginning of the year, he, he starts the season as the backup. Uh, Chandler Morris is the starting guy, goes down in the first game against Colorado with an ankle injury. And Max Duggan, uh, who's played a bunch over the past couple years, uh, you know, steps up and, and, and really becomes that guy. I mean, it, he's going to go down as probably the greatest signal caller ever in, in TCU, probably since slinging Sammy Ball in the 1938 Horn Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, Johnny, when they lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 title game, did you think it was done at that point, or did you feel like they were still going to get in the playoff? I, I never fully trusted these guys that they were going to put us in the national championship, or at least in the in the college football playoffs. Uh, we got we've we've been screwed over before from you know getting dropped a couple years ago out of the BCS. Um, you know, TCU's been a, a, a very much a journey team. I mean, we've been kicked out of you know the old Southwest Conference, and we weren't invited to come play in the Big Twelve. Uh, scratched, clawed our way back into the Big Twelve, and. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I mean, TCU is probably one of the better jobs in the Big 12 right now with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. So, uh, you know, we're on a national stage. All eyes are going to be on the Horned Frogs in L.A. this weekend. So, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of fun seeing a lot of old friends. A uh, buddy here in the car just sent me an ice. So as soon as we get off the phone, I've got to, I've got to take that. Uh, so it's uh, off ice and to kick off 2023. Oh, yeah, pace yourself, Johnny. It's a long day. That's Last right. night, pace yourself. Yeah. I know it's only 10.30 down there where you're at, but let me ask you this. Sonny Dykes in his first year, I mean, he's mm-hmm. definitely overachieved and taken over for Gary Patterson. How objective are you with Sonny Dykes? Because he did inherit a really good ball club. Oh, no I heard you know the average age is 23 for this team, so they're a veteran team, but you know how 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 do you feel about Suddy Dykes moving forward, knowing that this might be the best team he's going to have, talent wise? Uh, no doubt, um, but but I'll, to be honest with you, what what's really helped? I mean, yes, we had some really good players on the team, and when Sunny came in, you know, it was a you know a, a team that really honestly didn't have much of an identity. Now, what TCU was able to do was go out and, and get kids in the portal, and and not the you know, the kids coming from Alabama or Clemson and things like that, but players that really fit our scheme, right? And that's what we've always done a good job of is, is going out and finding athletes. And, and maybe they don't play the same position that they did in high school, uh, but, but we're going to put them in a position for success. Um, but, but, yeah, Sonny Dykes, I mean, it's not like, you know, Sonny's been doing this air raid offense from, you know, from La Tech out to Cal, into SMU, um, and, and really one of the guys that nobody really talks about who's been with Sonny for, for a couple years now, is our strength and conditioning uh, coach, Kaz. And what he's been able to do and, and prepare these players and get their bodies ready uh, to, you know, over the past couple of weeks to, to really endure a long season, 
um, you know, it's all hands on deck. So, uh, you know, kudos to Sonny and those guys. And, you know, we, we all love Gary Patterson, appreciate what he did for our program. But, you know, it was, it was a little bit stagnant the past couple of years. And, and we needed change. And, and, and kudos to Jeremiah Donati, our athletic director, who, who saw it and said, you know, I mean, it's hard to fire a guy when, when there's a statue of him outside your state. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, very true. That is true. So, Johnny, if the TCU Horn Frogs win the national title tonight, do you think it's going to be a little bit tough to keep a hold of your offensive coordinator? Oh, everybody in the world's coming after Garrett Riley. Um, you know, he's 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 been. You know, I think A and M took a run at him. Uh, I know there's some other big time programs that are that are wanting him, but he's not going to lead TCU to go be an OC somewhere else, right? So his next move, if not this year, will probably be next year. Uh, you know, and and he'll have a pick of jobs because he's got the Horn Frogs playing at a very high level. Yeah. And he's got and he's got a pretty famous name in college football, so I think that's going to help him out. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. That does not hurt. Johnny Quinton Johnston is one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver no in the nation. And him being a Temple, Texas guy, you know, he was right here at University of Texas. Him committing yep. with Wiley, but ended up going to TCU, and that really hurts. Looking at him now playing tonight, but you know, what what do you think his ceiling is in the National Football League, and who do you compare him to, or who does he remind you of? Um, you know, he, he kind of reminds me of like a Mike Evans type guy because he's big, right? He uses his body in certain ways. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Keenan Allen out with the Chargers, like that kind of a guy. Um, but he's he's got a ton of speed. He catches the ball. He uses his body to, to keep the defenders away from him. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Q's going to have a big game and, and we're going to need him. We're going to need all hands on deck. Uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna pull this off and beat Georgia today, we're talking to Johnny Rogers. Check out the Big Ugly Tailgate Saturdays, eight to ten a.m. All right, Johnny, let's get the honesty out there. Have how, of all the Longhorns, Aggies, Red Raiders, whoever you've been hearing from, Baylor Bears, you've been hearing from for the last week or so, week plus. Are they telling you they're rooting for you tonight, or are they telling you, hell no, I'm not rooting for you tonight? Uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of friends reaching out from from across the, you know, Aggies, Longhorns, you know, not not even the Baylor Bears. We don't really care much about those guys. Uh, <laughs> That's but, fair. But but you know, I've, I've some of my select Longhorn buddies. They're happy for me, I guess, but I wouldn't say they're happy with what's going on. That's a fair. I think that's a fair, realistic way to put it. What about your partner on Big Ugly Tailgate, Casey Stutter? How's he feel about yeah, the situation? Casey hasn't returned to tax the mine in a couple <laughs> weeks, so I don't know what's going on, with Casey. That's what I'm talking about. I'm right there with him, Johnny. I'm right there with him. Yeah. Let me ask oh you. Let me ask you this: Your brother Jeff, he's been with the Arizona Cardinals yeah. staff for a long time, uh, the top assistant there. And I know you've heard Cliff Kingsbury uh, today. He got hit with Black Monday, and I know this doesn't mm-hmm. affect your yeah. brother. One one bit. He's one of the best, you know, coaches out there. And you talked about him maybe looking for a head coaching job. Where do you think his next step is going to be? And what did you take away from this last season with the Arizona Cardinals? Well, it was a it was a year of turmoil for the Cardinals. I mean, uh, from you know assistant coaches getting fired midseason, time steps down, Kyler getting hurt, D Hopkins not starting, you know, the, not being able. to available for the first six games of the year. Um, it's just been a really hard year. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, as far as where he goes next, I mean, it's the life of a football coach. You have absolutely zero control of, over where you go. Um, I'm hoping that my brother gets away for a little bit, gets a couple weeks of uh, relax, you know, relaxation. I think him and, him and the bride are going to go over to Hawaii for a little bit. Uh, and, and But at the same time, I mean, he might be on the horn or doing Zoom interviews because, one thing the NFL doesn't do is wait on people. You know, they're, they're going to be getting people, you know, interviewing. Um, so I, I'd love to see Jeff stay out in Arizona. Uh, it's a really fun place to visit, and, you know, it's a good organization, great weather. Uh, they just bought a house, uh, which is always the kiss of death for a coach, is once you buy a house, you usually end up getting fired the next year. Um, but, but, you know, he's, you know, Jeff's been a, a pretty big-time assistant in the league for a while. I'd love to see him get a couple, you know, at least one head coaching interview, right? Uh, special teams coordinators don't really get a lot of love, uh, but but you know Jeff's Jeff's one of those guys. He's 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 a planner. Uh, he's been in the league for a long time now, over twenty years. So uh, I, I hope they, they they give the interview to a, a special teamer. 
Uh, all right, Johnny, before we let you go, let's get the prediction. Are you ready to shoot blood out of your eyes and say TCU is winning a national title? They were more physical than Michigan. They pushed them around on the offensive and defensive lines. Do you think they have what it takes to beat Georgia? Frogs by 90. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> up. Frogs by 90. The score will be 100 to 30. Oh, 120 to 30. 120 to 30. 120 to 30 so, is the prediction. Okay. I'm going to write yeah. that one down. Frogs <laughs> by 90. That, we're, hey, I'm coming home a national champion. That is awesome. Well, for the sake of you and all those wearing purple, we hope you see what you want to see. But I do not speak for all Longhorns and Aggies because, frankly, we're trying to process all this. But you guys have a great time. Uh, be safe and safe travels home. And I know a lot of people are going to be checking out Big Ugly this weekend for your reaction if you have recovered by then, sir. Well, if I have a voice, I will be on the radio on Saturday. I can promise you that. But I appreciate you guys letting me come on. And and, uh, everybody listening, let's put on some purple tonight and let's go Frogs. There you go. Say hello to the Hypnotoad for us. All day. See you guys. All right, brother. Johnny. Johnny Rogers. He's in L.A. Somebody just iced him, so he's... Yeah, he must have licked that nasty-ass toad to say a score like that because, man, I don't think that's happening. 120 to 30. That is I awesome. Feel I that love the enthusiasm. Awesome. Well, and the other thing is you can't just – if you watched those two semifinals, the, you can't be going into tonight thinking, well, it's going to be Georgia by 50. There's no way. Like, no, no, did you watch those two games? Yeah. Georgia's defense is giving up a lot lately. TCU was more physical than Michigan at the point of attack and they did run the ball. If Miller plays tonight, they say he's going to be able to go. That's the That's biggest huge. That is the biggest thing in that game to me. If Kendra Miller can play and they stay devoted to the running game and maybe can be pretty effective, they've got an absolute shot to win that game. Um, right now if I had to lean, I would say TCU and those points make sense. I think it's Georgia close. I think it's a battle. I think the what is it? 12 and a half or something now. I'd go with that. I I would pick Georgia to win, but very very close. I, TCU can win this game absolutely. They've just it's got to dial up the right way, and they have to hit some big plays. Yeah, and TC uh, I mean Georgia, their defense they're not like they once were in the beginning of the season, or yeah. like they were last year. They've given up 15 passing touchdowns all season, and seven of them came in their last two games against LSU and against Ohio State. So. TCU, they're going to be able to throw the football. Quentin Johnston, he's going to be huge tonight. And I think, you know, those secondary guys, whether it's Ringo or Smith or uh, Starks, those guys are going to be all over and have double eyes on number one because he's a serious player out of Temple, Texas, the number one wide receiver probably taken in a draft this year. And if he has a huge game, then TCU has a chance. I think if he gets taken out the game, which he might due to just how good that's secondary is that TCU they're going to have problems due to Kendra Miller not being 100%. Let us know what you think of the national title game tonight. There's a lot of stuff on the board today. We'll probably be cleaning some stuff off through tomorrow but obviously tomorrow we'll react to that game. We're still talking NFL. Cowboys fans trying to figure out what's going on uh, there. Somebody just texted, statues were made to be broken. Yours truly, Joe Paterno. Alright. Um, that's a weird little curveball. But... Joe Paterno's statue ain't up at Penn State okay. no more. Oh no it is not. Damn. No, they, they, they tore that one down. They, I mean, they brought that one down. I know Pacino definitely should have got an Oscar for his biopic of him. Like That definitely opened my eyes when the Sandusky stuff was going on, but... Man, yeah. the whole statue. I just don't right. think there's no. I don't think there's any need to bring that up when we're talking about uh, about that Gary P statue. I'm not. Yeah, sure, I'm no, not sure why are we bringing that? Why up? did that get brought up? I don't even know why. <laughs> uh, coming up a little later, Joe Cook of Inside Texas at two. We'll move the interview. Uh, he's got some stuff he's taking care of this afternoon. But at two o'clock, we'll talk to him about the uh, latest get for Texas in that 2023 class with Jelani McDonald. Also, Longhorns now looking for a wide receivers coach after Brennan Marion reportedly is headed to UNLV to be the OC. We'll get to all of that. Up next, though, in the crap bag, coaches say it all the time, and two NFL teams were definitely listening yesterday. This is the Horn. 
Ironworkers Local 482, building Central Texas since 1935. You see their skilled craftsmanship every day with Austin iconic landmarks like UT Memorial Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. Ironworkers Local 482 Union is hiring 3,000 people right now for a huge new project. Enjoy full benefits, a pension, and a rewarding career. Becoming a member of Ironworkers Local 482, you accept the challenge to give your best each day while shaping Austin's economic development. Apply today at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Synthesizer. I did not know what you were about. Something called love made me want to find out. Did not think you could ever care, but I'm out of control because you're taking me there. Hmm. I couldn't believe our love would last. It's coming on stronger, coming on so. It sounds like somebody that wants to be Elton John, but it doesn't sound like Elton John. Definitely not if, if Elton John. If that makes any sense. Doesn't it sound like he, that's where he's trying to go, though? I mean, he wants me to believe he's got that kind of talent. I just don't know if he does. Right. I've never heard this guy in my life. Who is it? Roger Vandoris? No idea. Vandoris? What? Van, spell it? V-O-U-D-O-U-R-I-S. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Sometimes... You dig up some things that I just flat out don't know. So Roger the 70s. Vodoris. 70s, and you had no chance of getting No shot. Right. Yeah, and Christopher Cross. At least I got the Christopher Cross one. It just, just pulled that out of nowhere. So that did happen. Lots of stuff going on today on the show. It's Chad and Zay on this Monday. Cowboys lose to Washington yesterday, but of course they've got the playoff game set with the Bucks, and it was already set. If you watched yesterday, you saw the Eagles handling their business. Niners really handling their business. So the Cowboys were uh, not going to have an opportunity to improve their seating. Cowboys at Tampa is next Monday night, so we have a full week to get ready for that one. 6 o'clock pregame, 7.15 on the kick, so everything else will be done by the time the Cowboys and the Bucks get after it. Speaking of the NFL, there's been already been a couple of firings either on or close to Black Monday. The Texans couldn't even wait for Monday. They fired Lovey Smith yesterday, and then Kingsbury got fired today. Let's dig into the NFL a little bit more in the crap bag because I feel like a couple things need to be discussed here. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. What a wild show the end of that Texans game was. And considering that I'm a Cowboys fan, watching throughout yesterday, in the end, that sort of helped me get through the day. Not going to lie to you because I don't root for the Texans. I just couldn't believe what I was watching at the end of that game. But it did make me think of this old school coaches thing that all I always laugh when coaches say it. It sounds a little like they're making it up or they're just trying to move to the next question. But when coaches just say, I want guys that compete, I want guys that love to compete, that's what I want. I want guys that, that love to compete and want to compete. That's what the Texans showed you yesterday, and that's what the Detroit Lions showed you last night. Let's start with the Texans. So I'm watching that game end, uh, end up, Zay, and we talked about it a little bit already, but I would love to know what was discussed in the front office. You've got the first pick in the draft, and I'm not trying to belittle that at all. But Lovey Smith and those players are going to argue to you, look, they scheduled a game, we're going to try to win it. We're going to try to win it with the guys you put on the field. 
Should they have had Driscoll in the game more? Should they have specifically taken certain players out of the game to sort of let everybody know what they were doing? The other factor here— Brandon Cooks ain't won to play all season long, and he gives you over 100 yards in the last game. Right. Cook shows up. Exactly. In a way, he kind of—I could see him saying, you know what, to stick it to the Texans for not respecting me when I wanted to get traded— I'm gonna give him the help him not get the number one pick. Like, like, is that what it is? And would you know? My thing. I want to just live in the Pollyanna world of we're competing. They scheduled a game and we're trying to win it. But you brought up the idea earlier that maybe Lovey deep down thought, yeah, they may be about to fire me. So here's something on the way out the door. And was Brandon Cooks thinking the same exact thing? They're getting down. Y'all all realize that last touchdown pass was on fourth and twenty, right? <laughs> Fourth and twenty is what that was. That was the that's the pot down in distance. The old four twenty play, and they completed it. And then, like you said earlier, Zay, to have the balls, the guts, to say we're going right now. I called that one two minutes before it happened. I said to my wife, if they score, they're going for two to win the game. Then they did it. Then they completed the play because the one ingredient nobody ever considered in the front office of the Texans is Jeff Saturday and the Colts. They never really thought it through like, whoa, 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 hang on. You guys think you're a mess of a circus. Remember what that group is doing right now. So Jeff Saturday and his crew might have been the only one that could have matched wits on the negative side with the Texans. And I just, obviously that didn't get fully thought out um, in Houston it was so crazy to watch. I'm all for teams trying to win. I'm not exactly sure what the answer is. Probably more Driscoll and less Brandon Cooks is the answer to that question. Yeah. But wow, just an amazing hunk of NFL sort of ineptitude theater. And that, that was such a weird ending to a game. I've never seen anything like that. One thing that I love about sports is just – throwing out conspiracy theories and you know there's those there brandon cooks lovey smith knowing on the way out let's go for two so i could really muck over the texans who just mucked me over by firing me in year one didn't even give me a chance so i'm lovey i get you being petty but look on the Colts side who smoked the game like giving up that fourth and 20 didn't even like anybody was trying when they gave up that touchdown so now they're division rivals with the Texans. We all know this. Uh-huh. They get the number one pick, whether it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, which one they want. And Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans and makes Colts fans' lives hell for the next decade. Right. Then we're going to go back to this game and say, huh, maybe if they would have lost the or maybe if they would have lost the game, who what could have happened? Because a lot of people are leaning on C.J. Stroud now just because he seems more durable than Bryce Young. You look at Kyler Murray, all those guys that are smaller. Yeah. You know, how, and the how, performance in the bowl game was good. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. how durable is he going to be? Well, now who knows what the Bears are going to do with their pick, but we know the Texans ain't going to get it. So, I don't know, just another thing to look for. But I don't think Jeff Saturday is going to come back anyway. No, I, don't, I wouldn't think. I, I hope not. Ursay doesn't have that much alcohol in his system. That, that, that can't happen. Uh, the other one, though, I do have to give credit to the Detroit Lions. I know some people were bitching that they put that game on prime time and they already knew the result of the Seattle game, but Dan Campbell, my Aggie brother, found the perfect way to explain it. He's like, look, either we're going to the playoffs or they're not. One of the two. That's what's about to happen here. And he made it come true, and they fought like hell, and they called wild plays after wild plays, and that little hook and ladder that they ran was so good. And as a Cowboys fan and therefore Packers hater, to watch Aaron Rodgers not get that done, I was so certain he was winning that game. Me too. I thought our guy Brandon Lang was absolutely right uh, to say that if Seattle had won that game, you lay the points with Green Bay and just roll. I was totally with him, but I'm so glad he was wrong about that one and for Detroit to get that done was amazing I'm hoping people didn't hit my man Dan Campbell with too many Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer jokes during the game because man that nose was red yeah last night yeah Um, that that Texan ain't used to the cold like that oh my goodness I was I'm hoping he's okay today his nose and his ears Uh were so red during the game he looked like a Texan in Lambeau but that's what he looked like but even though they couldn't get the playoffs to go after a division rival like that was great bravo to the NFL for finishing with division games because if that's not Detroit, it's different. 
If you you make that a different NFL team, I don't know if they fight the Packers the same way. Uh, but all credit to Detroit, and I guess all credit to Houston for just going out there and competing. That one though has weird undertones to it. The Detroit thing was just kind of badass to watch. That team just wanted to go win a game, and it also got them a winning season. Zay, yeah. they were one and what was it? One and like one and seven. One and yeah, one and from one and six to nine and eight. Somebody text us. So impressive. Dan Campbell may deserve coach of the year for that. He may very well do that. Uh, I also like the pride I saw in the Steelers yesterday to get Mike Tomlin another winning season. He still does not have a losing season as an NFL head coach. Bravo to those teams that cared when you could make an argument they didn't have to yesterday. Yeah, I'm with you. Shout out to the NFL. Always make that last game of the season a division game because those teams are going to play hard no matter what. And, yeah, you talk about that hook and ladder play that the Lions ran. <laughs> Panay Sewell, the like top ten pick a few years ago out yeah. of Oregon, the way that he pulled – and lit up some very lifeless-looking Green Bay Packers secondary player. It's just like, wow, man. That Lions team, they're scary. Like, if they didn't start off slow, then we'd be talking about them being in the playoffs. But Jared Goff, it seemed like his career was kind of resurrected because people kind of threw him under the table once they made that train. And once Stafford won that championship, they're like, oh, yep, look how what uh, – look what – Jared Goff couldn't do, even though he went to a championship and lost to the New England Patriots with Sean McVay. With Sean McVay's now looking at his options, he might not be back in L.A. next year. But, yeah, I'm with that Specs texter. Dan Campbell, he should be up or considered for Coach of the Year. 9-8 and eight for this Lions team. Jamal Williams breaking Barry Sanders' rushing touchdown yeah, record. Yeah, how about that one? If you break any Barry Sanders record, no doubt. you're serious. Yeah. And, and it was against the team that let him go. The Green Bay Packers let him go, and the Lions picked him up, and he ended up breaking Barry Sanders' record. I know that had to sting a little bit extra if you're a Packers fan. So, yeah, that, that's tough that the Packers aren't in the – Playoffs right now. Now Aaron Rodgers has some questions to answer. Oh, yeah, it's tough. I'm heartbroken. I really am. I really am. Hey, if you look at the hated list in the NFL, for all those of you that hate Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Bill Belichick, two of the three are out. Yeah. Only Brady was left. You almost got your perfect, you weren't going to get your perfect run because the Bucs had already won the, the division. But you got Belichick and Rodgers out yesterday. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought Rodgers would get in, and I did think Buffalo was going to beat New England, but I didn't realize both of them were going to be at home. Yeah, New England had no chance yesterday. Oh, Just dude. everything that happens, happened, no chance. How about the start of that game? Amazing. 96-yard kickoff return. I almost teared up. I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I did. I won't lie. I did. <laughs> I didn't I didn't out and out cry, but yeah. I got a little emo- I got a little choked up. I couldn't get a sentence out of my mouth right then if you'd yeah. asked me to. I was like, oh, my God, look at that. <laughs> That was an incredible setup, man. You couldn't have written a script uh, like that. And then to get another one later on, Naheem Hines, later on in the game, and then they find out it's three years and three months since the last time they had a kick return for a touchdown. Yeah. And they're all wearing three caps and have three. Come on, man. Those weren't losing yesterday. No, they were not. They uh, they they fought that energy or used that energy to their benefit, and they are uh, are the number two seed now in the AFC. We'll be talking NFL playoffs throughout the week. Cowboys and Bucks next Monday night, and we'll have it for you right here on the Horn. All right, coming up next, more on that NFL Black Monday. A couple coaches have been fired. Longhorn basketball got a tough win over the weekend. Longhorn football with a couple of stories. One good and one you need a new coach on the assistant side of things if you missed that story. We'll get all that to you. Plus the All-American game review and uh, Zay will tell you about a big upset in high school basketball that happened in the area. That's coming up at 1.30 in the Flex segment. Don't move. It's the Horn.